Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves. Are you ready for Q Diaries 32, in which I will share some more mental health wellness tips for quarantine? And I'll also share a guest blog I wrote about my inspiration for my short story, Tanked. I think you're ready, so stay tuned. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Alrighty, in my last episode, I mentioned that I'm going to be going back to just weekly episodes. I was doing daily Q Diaries for a while, and... As I'm getting ready for our ducklings to arrive and our garden to be planted and my next book to be written, I decided that doing an episode a day was a little bit too time consuming. So this will be my episode for the week. Now, that does not mean that I might not get inspired to do another one in between now and next week, but we'll just see how that one goes. So let's start with a couple more mental health wellness tips for quarantine from Dr. Margie Donlin. Again, my friend Nadine Collier from Michigan sent me these mental health wellness tips. And since a lot of us are still in quarantine and it's going to be a long time, I think some of these are going to be helpful. You know, they might not all be relevant to you. Like this next one talks about behavioral issues in children. So this is her number 11. And she says, expect behavioral issues in children and respond gently. We are all struggling with disruption in routine, none more than children who rely on routines constructed by others to make them feel safe and to know what comes next. Expect increased anxiety, worries and fears, nightmares, difficulty separating or sleeping, testing limits, and meltdowns. Do not introduce major behavioral plans or consequences at this time. Hold stable and focus on emotional connection. Well, I don't know about you out there, but I think (laughs) a lot of us are experiencing the things that children may be experiencing as well. The increased anxiety, worries, fears, nightmares, difficulty sleeping, all that. Uh, It's not, not just for children, but children are particularly sensitive and they don't understand what we understand. So thank you for that tip. Her tip number 12, focus on safety and attachment. We are going to be living for a bit with the unprecedented demand of meeting all work deadlines, homeschooling children, running a sterile household, and making a whole lot of entertainment in confinement. We can get wrapped up in meeting expectations in all domains, But we must remember that these are scary and unpredictable times for children. Focus on strengthening the connection through time spent following their lead, through physical touch, through play, through therapeutic books, and via verbal reassurances that you will be there for them in this time. And of course, I'm seeing this uh, through touch, and (laughs) my routine command is, no touching! (laughs) And, you know, families that quarantine together, I guess, can stay together and can hug together and can touch. But if someone is working and coming back, we have to be careful to even quarantine within families if someone might be affected. 
All right, Dr. Donlan's number 13 tip for mental health wellness is lower expectations and practice radical self-acceptance. This idea is connected with number 12, the one I just read. We are doing too many things in this moment under fear and stress. This does not make a formula for excellence. Instead, give yourself what psychologists call radical self-acceptance, accepting everything about yourself, your current situation, and your life without question, blame, or pushback. You cannot fail at this. There is no roadmap, no precedent for this, and we are all truly doing the best we can in an impossible situation. Ooh, lower expectations. I think I did a, an episode on expectations and, and having none. <laughs> and so if you're, if you have lower expectations and you actually are able to accomplish things, well, then it makes you feel pretty darn good. So I can definitely agree with this tip for mental health. And my goodness, especially with having children at home who need to continue education. Ooh, my heart goes out to all of you parents who are homeschooling in addition to your jobs. If you know some homeschoolers in your area, get in contact with them and and see how they do things. Homeschooling is not a new thing, but when you have to add it to your regular job that you're also doing from home, it can become overwhelming. So again, her tip number 13 is lower expectations and practice radical self-acceptance. I like that. Thank you, Dr. Donlan. And now I'd like to share a guest blog I wrote for a blog tour that happened after the publication of a book, Whispers of the Past, edited by author Kay Lynn Booth, in which I have two stories. So I was asked to write about my inspiration for a couple of the stories that I have in in that book. One of them is called Tanked, and this story is also in my newest release, Dark Ebb Grim Tales, Volume 1. You can get it in both paperback and Kindle version right now. So here's what I wrote about Tanked. Laurel, how do you come up with such bizarre story ideas? This is a question I'm frequently asked, along with, and what were you on when you wrote that? (laughs) Truth be told, Unless you consider crisp Colorado mountain air a drug, I've never been on anything when crazy ideas pop into my head. For instance, the vision of an orb floating above a friend's head came from nowhere one day, inspiring my story, Orbs. And my Water White trilogy emerged from a dream I shared with another author friend who insisted I must write a story about it. Since I was a child, I've dreamt in Technicolor, and I've never been shy about sharing my sleep world, often to the chagrin of whomever is the target of my sharing. My dreams are quite full of detail. They're gifts, I believe, and once I started Chapter 1 of Book 1 of Water White, they continued to provide new characters and situations over the course of several years as my trilogy evolved. A multicolored jaguar? Sure! Having to leap from a frightful precipice? Why not? A one-eyed wizard named George the Ham Man? Most definitely. I found ways to work many dream sequences into my fantasy world. But dream worlds aren't the only places with fertile soil for sprouting stories. 
I also get inspiration from places and people I meet in that crisp Colorado mountain air. My character, Old Man Massive, for instance, had been there all along, just waiting for my walking buddy to point him out to me, a real rocky profile of a bearded old man jutting out from Mount Massive. And the dragonfly that hitched a ride on my paddleboard that one day, and the boy who told me his superpower would be to build things. My list of story ideas and characters is longer than that fish I once almost caught. When I hear others complain about writer's block, I go a little berserk because, well, come on, whether your eyes are open or often, in my case, closed, there are things to be felt and heard and imagined. After moderating author panels at the past couple of Colorado Comic Cons, one topic that is always animated is the topic, finding creative inspiration in the mundane. Hey, if Stephen King can create blockbusters from rabid dogs and possessed cars, no thing, nothing is off limits for its potential to inspire a story. For those whose muses remain asleep, however, I would highly recommend doing something I've tried for over a year now, and no, not a drug. I've started entering short fiction competitions, and many of my stories have been inspired by the prompts required by the contest. Tanked is just one example. There are countless contests out there on the interwebs, and some I particularly enjoy come from nycmidnight.com because they provide feedback from several readers, including what they like in your submission and what they believe could use improvement. Also, their fee is reasonable. Tanked was a flash fiction piece, and at midnight on day one of the competition, that's 10 p.m. Colorado time, I was given a genre, a location, and an item that needed to be featured in the story. I had 36 hours to complete a ghost story in an aquarium with a champagne bottle in the story, not to be consumed while writing. Wow. Never in my wildest imagination, and I have a pretty wild imagination, would I have come up with this combination of things to write about. And that's the point. I had to do it. I paid for it. It was a challenge. And so I set my brain to work on it overnight with full confidence that in the morning I'd have an idea, even a vague idea, about a storyline. In my blog post titled The Genesis of Orbs, I talk about the necessity of decision-making when creating fiction, and I've applied that same process to all my stories. Make a decision and go with it. Decisions I had to make for Tanked include who's the main character? Where is the aquarium? And since I'm originally from Boston, I thought it would be fun to throw in some Boston dialect. Is there a backstory? Who, what, where is the ghost? How does a bottle of champagne play in the story? What obstacles must the main character overcome? In what point of view should I write? And how will it end? My original title for this story was Wet Dreams. How to title a story is another decision to be made, and after sleeping on this one for another day, I realized that Tanked was far more appropriate and had the added benefit of being a double entendre. I do enjoy wordplay. I'm the kind of writer who works best with a deadline, a relatively short deadline, so these contests stoke my muse. 
If this type of pressure doesn't excite your muse, however, you can still challenge yourself with myriad prompts available for free on the web or start a story with your favorite song lyric or create your own bizarre combination of things by filling one bucket with unique nouns, one with adjectives, one with locations, one with character types, one with genres. You get the idea and choose from each. Sleep on your smorgasbord and see what your sluggish muse might do with the items. Wake up and set your own deadline for completing what will surely become a very unique story. And then I wrote, you know, if you enjoyed reading Tanked and other stories in Whispers of the Past, I hope you might consider my other work. And I talk about my upcoming book, Dark Ebb Grim Tales, which, as I mentioned, is already available. I, of course, ended this piece with, if you're out for an adventure, find me at this year's Denver Starfest and Denver Pop Culture Con, both which, well, Starfest has been indefinitely postponed and Denver Pop Culture Con has been postponed till Thanksgiving weekend, which I will not be attending. I will not be attending until next May, which makes me a little bit sad, but hey, I'm still trying to stay healthy and stay alive, and I hope you are too. An exciting piece of News are materials for our outdoor duck coop have arrived. Now, of course, the ducks themselves won't arrive till probably May 19th or 20th. So we have time to get the outdoor thing ready since they're going to be indoors for a while. And I do plan on doing YouTube videos of my duck wrangling experience. You can find today's show notes with links and photos on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. Email me at laurel at sturekpress.com and follow me on Twitter at Leadville Laurel. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves wherever you get your podcasts. Encourage a friend to subscribe as well. And until my next episode next week, be good, behave, be clean, be creative, be hopeful, be kind to yourself and to others. Thank you for visiting. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.